Hey, welcome to another episode of the Leader Fluent Podcast. My name is Stephen Blandino, and today I'm talking about something every leader, no matter where you are in the organization, has to do, and that is lead meetings. Whether you're leading a staff, leading a department, or leading a volunteer team, meetings are a reality of leadership. So in this episode of Leader Fluent, I'm sharing five parts of an effective team meeting. Hey, before we jump in, let me remind you that my new book, Stop Chasing Easy, is now available. And when you buy the book, you get free access to a four-part sermon series, a five-part small group study, and access to the Stop Chasing Easy Masterclass for Leaders. This four-part video series helps you apply the principles in Stop Chasing Easy to a leadership and an organizational context. Again, it's all free when you buy the book. So you can pick it up in the print version or the ebook version today at stopchasingeasy.com. Well, thanks for listening to the Leader Fluent Podcast. Now let's jump into today's lesson. The longer you lead, the more you'll find yourself in meetings. They might be staff meetings, departmental meetings, board meetings, one-on-one meetings, or meetings with your volunteers, but there is never a shortage of meetings for leaders to attend. At the same time, we've all found ourselves in meetings that were poorly led and a total waste of our time, right? And if we're honest, we've probably led a few of those meetings ourselves. I know I certainly have. So what does an effective team meeting look like? Whether your team is made up of staff members, volunteers, or people from a variety of settings, what is it that makes a good meeting? Well, I believe an effective team meeting includes five parts, and that's what I want to focus on today. I want to share five things to include in your next team meeting that will help make the meeting focused, purposeful, and engaging. So let's get started. The first ingredient to include is celebration. You see, the first part of the meeting uh, is, is focused on celebrating wins. When you celebrate wins, here's what it does. Your team is reminded of the value and meaning of their work. And it's a great opportunity for team members to lift their heads up from the work and to notice and celebrate the progress that's actually being made. So what does a win look like? For us at Seven City Church, I encourage our team to think about wins in four categories. Stories, stats, steps, and success. Let me unpack those. The first win is stories. In other words, what stories of life change or stories of connection or stories of transformation can we celebrate? And if you're in business, you might ask, you know, what are the stories or the testimonies that we're hearing from people who have used our product or used our service? Focus on those stories, those moments when you're winning in people's everyday lives. The second win is stats. In other words, In what areas of our ministry or our organization are we seeing numerical growth? The third win is steps. Steps is all about progress. So you're asking, what progress are we making with our goals, with our priorities, with the things that we've considered most important at this moment in the season of the organization? And the final win is success. In other words, what team members can we celebrate for modeling our team values? Anytime a team member models your team values, that's a great example of success. 
So these four areas, stories, stats, steps, and success, provide a framework to help your team think more holistically about wins in your organization. So how much time should you take celebrating wins? Well, here's the thing. You don't, you don't want to make this rigid. And the last thing you want to do is to, to shut things down whenever people are sharing wins because maybe it's going a little bit long. In general, what I've found is that this part of the meeting usually lasts five to 10 minutes. And it might be longer if you're coming off of a really big win that's happened across the organization. But in general, I've found that five to 10 minute window is is about the right amount of time and usually where things tend to land. The second part of an effective team meeting is communication. I've discovered, as, as I'm sure you have, that there are usually a few housekeeping items that need to be communicated during a team meeting. So, so this part of the meeting ensures everybody is on the same page. And here's what I've discovered. It helps you eliminate the I forgot excuses. You know how it is. Sometimes people say, oh, I forgot about that. Well, whenever it's a part of the rhythm of your team meeting where you're giving those up those updates, those communication updates regularly, those excuses, those I forgots tend to disappear. So during the communication part of the meeting, it's usually going to focus on two things. First, I know for me, I'll do a quick run through of the calendar for the next 30 to 60 days. And I'm not hitting every minute detail, but I'm hitting kind of the highlights. So this this isn't a discussion about every calendar item. That's really important to understand. But rather, it's a quick reminder of what's on the horizon. So the calendar might include the dates for upcoming events or important meetings or services or activities that everyone in the meeting is, is going to be a part of. And so therefore, they need to be aware of it. Again, you're not discussing these items. You're simply highlighting what's ahead. The second thing to include in communication is brief details about anything that's relevant to the entire group. So for example, last week our team did a two-day staff retreat and so I shared a few quick details related to our schedule and the plan for the retreat. And it wasn't long and it wasn't something that we discussed. I just simply needed to give a few communication updates so that everybody was aware and everybody was on the same page. The communication part of the meeting is probably going to be no more than about 10 minutes. Um, and, and again, I, I've discovered that this part of the meeting usually eliminates confusion. It keeps everybody on the same page. And as a result, again, I rarely hear people say, oh, I forgot about such and such. So number one is celebration. Number two is communication. Number three is collaboration. This part of the meeting is where we dig into any items that require concentrated discussion. For example, we might collaborate on an upcoming event, or we might discuss a staff-wide goal, or we might be brainstorming a new initiative. In general, the collaboration part of the meeting is probably going to be about 20 to 40 minutes long. And if it's going to take longer than that, then I'll just usually schedule a completely separate meeting for it because if it's taking more than 40 minutes, that means that this is something significant that, that we're really going to have to dig into and it will otherwise eat up all of our regular team meeting time. So, so let me give you an example. We recently hosted a Serve Sunday at Seven City Church where we served our community on a Sunday morning rather than doing our normal Sunday morning services. And one reason uh, we did that was because each year our city hosts a major 
uh, marathon with thousands and thousands of runners. And as a result, all of the streets around our church are basically shut down. So it makes it much more difficult to get to our church on that particular Sunday. And so this year we decided to do a serve Sunday to bless our city rather than hosting our normal services. Well, a member of our team was the point lead on this particular project, and so she was in charge of organizing it and ensuring that everything was ready to go, but it was also something that would impact the entire staff. And so we used the collaboration part of our, of our staff meeting for a couple of weeks to discuss the details and to walk through the schedule for the day and to make sure everything was ready to go. And by making this a part of the collaboration segment of our meeting, we were able to glean different perspectives in the room that helped us tighten our plan and maximize our effort. Let me give you another example. Sometimes the collaboration time of our meeting is used as a follow-up to a completely different meeting. So here's what I mean by that. When, when we plan our Easter services, for example, that usually starts with a completely separate meeting that is focused solely on Easter because that's a major Sunday, obviously, and that's going to require extra concentrated time. But once the plan for Easter is in motion we might use the collaboration part of our weekly staff meeting to get updates on Easter and to discuss various action items in the Easter plan. So we start with a separate meeting, but then we incorporate the, the event into the rhythm of our weekly team meeting. So, so regardless of which approach you take, the collaboration part of your team meeting has to be relevant for everyone in the meeting. If it's only relevant to a single department or a single person or a single group of people, then it probably needs to be a completely separate thing handled in a separate meeting. So for us, obviously, Easter impacts everybody on the team. And so once the initial meeting is done, we'll incorporate it into the collaboration part of our staff meetings. Again, this part of the meeting is usually about 20 to 40 minutes long, and it's focusing on something that requires a bit of a deeper dive in, in, in uh, collaborating as a team to help make whatever it is we're discussing a real win. The fourth part of an effective team meeting is coaching. Now, we have a high value for personal growth, and so we'll often include coaching in our team meetings. And by coaching, here's what I mean. I'm referring to any kind of training or reading that, that's focused on staff development. So, for example, we might read a book together as a staff and then discuss a couple of chapters each week during our meeting. Or we might watch a leadership video from a great speaker and then discuss it as a team. Or I might do a leadership training with our staff on a topic that I think would be helpful to them. The goal with this part of the meeting is to help our team continually grow and get better. So the coaching part of the meeting is usually 20 to 40 minutes, depending on what approach we're taking. So for example, if we're discussing a book um, each week, then it may be about 20 minutes long. But if we're watching a video and that leadership video itself is 20 minutes, well, we'll follow that with some additional discussion that might be another 10 to 20 minutes. So again, this is typically a 20 to 40 minute time slot, depending on exactly the approach we're taking whenever it comes to coaching and staff development. The fifth area of an effective team meeting is connection. Now, this part of the meeting can play out in two ways. There can be spiritual connection 
or relational connection. And I realize that if you're not a church or a ministry, then then the spiritual connection part may not apply in, in your context, and I get that. But, but let me give you an example of both. Um, for example, because I pastor a church, we take time in our meeting to pray. That's spiritual connection. And so we might pray for each other. We might pray for specific needs that we're aware of in our congregation. Uh, we might pray for missionaries that we partner with or for our city or our community or for ministries or upcoming events. And we'll also take time to pray for every guest that visited Seven City over the last four weeks. So that's, that's spiritual connection. But connection can also play out relationally. In other words, you might take a few minutes to add a fun or a relationally focused discussion to your meeting. And, and here's what that does. It helps, it helps you get to know each other more and it increases relational equity among the team. For us, the primary way we'll take care of the relational side is that we go to lunch together after our weekly team meeting and this lunch is it's it's casual there's not an agenda and so it allows for greater relational connection in a, in a less formal setting so there are five parts of an effective team meeting celebration communication collaboration coaching and connection now let me let me make one final point of clarification here that I think is important to keep in mind whenever it comes to these five parts of an effective team meeting, and that is this: that that you might not include all five parts in every team meeting or in every staff meeting, especially if you're having that meet, meeting on a weekly basis. So, for example, uh, we almost always do the connection portion of the meeting as it relates to prayer, but not necessarily as it relates to relational connection. And, and again, for us, the reason is because we always follow the meeting with a staff lunch, and that's, that's where the relational uh, dynamic is, is more in play. Um, also, you know, we have a, a high value for staff development, but sometimes the rhythm of staff development will vary. So for example, um, when we're reading a book, it's usually going to be a, a part of our meeting on a weekly basis until we finish that book. But if we're doing other training, like a, a, a teaching or maybe watching a leadership video, then it might be once a month, especially if we're in a really busy season. So, so sometimes um, all five elements won't be included in a meeting, but I believe that those five elements, those five parts are critical to ongoing team meetings or ongoing staff meetings to help you really develop health. So for us, our weekly staff meeting happens on Monday mornings at 10 a.m., It'll typically last 90 minutes to two hours, depending on how much we have to cover. And then again, at 12 o'clock noon, we'll head out to lunch as a team. So there you have it. Five parts of an effective team meeting. Again, celebration, communication, collaboration, coaching, and connection. I hope that helps you as you're mapping out your next team meeting. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson on five parts of an effective team meeting. And if you did find it helpful, would you do me a favor and rate or review the podcast? Your support means so much and your rating or review really does help. Also, I just want to remind you to check out my new book, Stop Chasing Easy. You can get a physical or digital copy at StopChasingEasy.com as well as claim all the bonus resources that come with the book, including the four-part sermon series, the five-part small group study, and the four-part video masterclass for leaders. It's great material. It's all free when you buy the book. 
Hope you'll check that out today. And here's the other thing. If you buy a quantity of books, there's additional bonus resources available as well. In fact, if you buy a case of books, uh, you can actually get a one-hour, one-on-one coaching appointment with me. I'd love to connect with you. So uh, check that out at StopChasingEasy.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Leader Fluent Podcast, and I will talk to you again soon.